0: Hello and welcome to this week's podcast presented by Freedom Life Church. We hope you find today's message uplifting and encouraging as we dive into God's Word together. If you need any information about our church or this message, please go to wearefreedomlife.com. Now let's get right into it. What a great group of uh, young people we have. What a great honor it is to be in the presence of God. How many are glad to be in the house of the Lord on this beautiful Sunday? Yes? It's it's warmer in here than it is out there, and uh, I'm very happy about that. And uh, I'm not a fan of the cold. I am a warm-blooded creature. Hispanics typically are. And... Uh, I I am I am definitely not of the cold. I like warm, and I'm not going to change my mind about that. Anyway, amen. Anyway. Summer come quickly. Anyway, um, well, this morning uh, as we pursue this uh, final part of the series, uh, a season of focus, we wrap up our 21 days of fasting and prayer. And let me say. From the bottom of my heart, thank you to everyone that signed up and prayed and was a part of that, whether you signed up or you didn't sign up, but you still prayed. Whatever that looked like these last 21 days, what we've been doing is sowing seed into 2023, right? What we've been doing is asking God, let something great happen in 2023, and you could never, ever count out prayer. And so that's why we're doing that prayer time on that Sunday evening, February 5th, I want to encourage you to be there. Don't worry. It will not interfere with the Super Bowl. That's the following week. All right? Just so you know. So all, all us Eagles fans will be ready to go. Yep. Cowboys fans, you can watch from home. It's wonderful, good H high-definition television at home. And uh, I know, Corey. It's all right. Me and Corey had this wonderful uh, thing going
1: on, the Cowboys-Eagles. and. Uh, don't worry, brother.
0: <laughs> Go green. <clears throat> anyway, um, the season of focus. Let's focus. Pastor Corey, we have to stay focused, all right? Stay focused. You know, it's very easy in this world to look at what's happening around us and in some way pursue what we see to be normal what we see to be uh, what is expected of us. But how many know that what God expects of us may not always be what people expect from us? What God expects from us is obedience. How many would agree with that? Right, God expects obedience from us, but man expects us to just be obedient to whatever it is that we feel is the right thing at the moment. You see, Christianity looks ahead where the world looks at right now. How could I feel better right now? How could I feel fulfilled right now? How could I make myself uh, get through what I'm going through right now? Retail therapy. How many you ever heard of retail therapy? Yes? Some of you are products of retail therapy. Your life has been uh, altered in many ways. Well, you said, I don't feel great today. I need to go buy something. That's a very real thing, right? Some people like, uh, you know, some people are, they have a chocolate therapy. A chocolate therapy. Some people, something's going wrong. Give me chocolate right now. And that voice gets real deep and dark. Pray for you. Right? There's a lot of ways that we can find therapy in different things. But, but I want us to understand something that is very clear through the scriptures. That nothing allows us to come into direct peace like walking in the perfect will of God. Nothing. Nothing in this world allows us to walk with purpose and destiny like it does when we walk in the calling that God has called us to. Now, there are a few things more important than the calling in which you walk on this earth with because your career is often what you paid for,
1: your calling is what you're made for.
0: I want to talk to you a message entitled In the Meantime. Everybody say, In the Meantime. In the Meantime. You see, In the meantime, is that period in your life where you're waiting for God to come through for you? Where you're waiting and you're waiting and you're thinking for some reason that God may have forgotten? Or you are definitely, uh, you missed something? Or in some way, you're in this almost like state of pause. As if somehow God got the agenda wrong. Like, God didn't get the memo. Like, okay, uh, bless A through G, and then H, and and somehow he missed your name. And God's going to go back like, I swore I did that. Like, God does not forget who you are and your calling. He has not forgotten you. But we often feel like, in the meantime, we're lost. How many ever felt like in the meantime was a painful part of your life? In the meantime is when you pray and when God comes through. What's in the middle there? In the meantime. In that meantime, we often feel like it's time to be mean.
1: In the meantime is a time that we
0: say, I mean, where is God? That's in the meantime. I mean, where's God right now? In the meantime. You see, I want to start our passage this morning out of 1 Samuel chapter 13 because something happened in 1 Samuel 13 that all of us in one way or another have experienced not quite in this way probably because I don't know about you but I don't often do uh, animal sacrifices. Okay, it's been weeks. But I have not Some of you like,
1: I'm joking, I'm joking, just for the record.
0: But see, in the Old Testament, we look at passages on how people offered up uh, sacrifices to the Lord. In this day and age, it's a little different. We still offer sacrifices, but differently, right? but it doesn't change the principle in which took place. Now watch this because everybody is going to find themselves feeling like I've had a in the meantime moment. I've had a in the meantime moment. So look at first Samuel chapter 13. We have verses on the screen. I prefer you open your Bible. If you don't have your Bible, then you can look to the screen, but I would really like you to open your Bible and see with your own eyes. I, I, I subtitle this. <laughs> uh, it's kind of taken from scripture, but I altered it just a hair because it says, uh, I, I, "I call this message." In the meantime, many are called, but few are focused. Because we are, we are oftentimes called by God to do something, but we we forget to stay focused. On what it is that God has called us to do. Now the real passage of scripture tells us many are called but few are chosen. And I get that. But I believe that there are many people who are called but oftentimes we're not focused enough to fulfill that call. Because we forget that God is looking for focused people. Now, 1 Samuel chapter 13, Saul was 30 years old when he became king, and he reigned for 42 years over Israel. He chose 3,000 men from Israel for himself, and 2,000 were with Saul at Michmash and at Bethel Hill's country, and 1,000 were with Jonathan and Gilbia of of Benjamin. And he sent the rest of the troops away, each to his own tent. Jonathan attacked the Philistine garrison that was at Geba, and the Philistines heard, about it, so Saul blew the ram's horn throughout the land, saying, "Let the Hebrews hear!" And all Israel heard the news. Saul had attacked the Philistine garrison, and and Israel is now re- repulsive to the Philistines. Then the troops were summoned to join Saul at Gilgal, and the Philistine gathered against Israel. Now this is when everything changed. Now listen to me; everything changed. Saul was doing this systematic attack, and something happened. Something happened and Saul understood that something had changed. Now watch this. The Philistine gathered a fight against Israel. 3,000 chariots, 6,000 horsemen, and troops as numerous as the sand and the seashore. They went up and camped at Mikmash east of Bethaven. The men of Israel saw that they were in trouble because the troops were in a difficult situation. So they they hid in caves and thickets among the rocks and the holes and the cisterns. Some Hebrews even crossed into the Jordan of the land of Gad and Gilead. Now now the people of Israel, watch this, the people of Israel started scattering because they started realizing they're in trouble. They're outnumbered, they're outpowered, and they they started to fear, and fear gets a hold of you. When fear gets a hold of you, you do strange things, even under the guise and the protection of the Holy Spirit. Even when God on your side, you had those moments of fear. The the question is not whether you fear. The question is, do you act on it? They went the other mile, the extra mile to act on it. So they started hiding. So when one soldier starts to hide, the other soldier starts to hide. And now they're not just outnumbered, but they're outmanned by plenty. So Saul, let's look, let's skip down to verse the late late part of verse 7. Saul, however, was still at Gilgal, and all his troops were gripped with fear. He waited seven days. This is when it turns. He waited seven days for the appointed time that Samuel had set. But Samuel did not come to Gilgal. Samuel was supposed to come and set the offering so that God would be with them uh, and they would fight under God's protection. But they waited seven days. He waited seven days for the appointed time, and Samuel had not shown up but Samuel did not come to Gilgal and the troops were deserting him so Saul said this the things that will change his reign forever and ever he said this bring me the burnt offering and the fellowship offerings then he offered up the burnt offering verse 10 just as he finished Offering the burnt offering, Samuel arrived. So Saul went out to greet him. Watch this. He went out to greet him like everything was okay. He went out to greet him. And Samuel asked these words that will haunt Saul probably the rest of his life on earth. The prophet said to him, what have you
1: done? And Saul answered,
0: when I saw that the troops were deserting me, not God, not us, what did he say? Me. When I saw that the troops were deserting me and you didn't come within the appointed t- appointed days and the Philistines were gathering at Michmash, I thought the Philistines would now descend to Gilgal and I haven't sought the Lord's favor. So I forced myself to offer the burnt offerings. Friends, now the prophet speaks and he said this, Samuel said to Saul, you have been foolish. You have not kept the command which the Lord your God gave you. And it was at this time that the Lord would have permanently established your reign over Israel. But now, everybody say, but now. Your reign will not endure. The Lord has found the man loyal to him, and the Lord has appointed him as ruler over his people because you have not done what the Lord commanded.
1: End quote. Let me tell you
0: something. In the kingdom, destiny has to do with who you are, who you are called to, but your calling has to do with what you're called to do.
1: I'll say that again. Your destiny
0: oftentimes is who you're called to, but your calling has to do with what you will do. Watch this. Saul was connected to God by being his king for his people. The moment Saul decided to take it into his own hands. Saul removed himself from God's calling to his own calling. He called himself priest. He called himself the one that will bring the offering. And he relabeled his calling. Listen, when you relabel your calling, the source in which you pull your calling from changes. God has called you for such a time to do such a thing when you start relabeling yourself and remarketing yourself without God's permission because He has equipped you for something for a certain time. Are you with me? And Saul, while he was king, he was not priest, he was not prophet, and he was supposed to wait. And you know what the prophet Samuel said? He said several things, I know. But one thing he said, that instead of your reign being established forever, instead, God is not going to replace you because you decided to replace you. When you decide that your calling is designed by you for you, you no longer are tapped into the source on the wall. You with me? How many have ever used an extension cord and then the extension cord comes off the wall? And you go to the middle part and you're going, well, this is tight. This is good. There's nothing wrong here. And then you check at the end of the extension cord and that came off the wall. And you're like, oh, that's because that's disconnected. Watch this. The connection to the wall is the connection to the source of power. Over here, Those are things and people around you. You may have this in order, but if you're not connected to the source of power, this won't work. Your calling won't work. And God has called, watch this now everybody, if you have a pulse, you have a purpose. There's not a single person in this room or listening to me right now, whether it's streaming, on a podcast, on a video, right now, every single person listening to me has a call on their lives. The question is, who's your source? And the very important question that has to be asked is, who am I aligned with? Because the connections around me will often determine how I operate in my calling. Look at me. I don't care how old you are, how young you are. If you haven't left this earth, you have a calling, you have a purpose, you have something in your life you need to fulfill. You're here. It's time to fulfill that. And so, what you're doing is you're telling God, in the meantime, from when you called me to when I I breathed my last breath, in the meantime, You know what that is? That's the little dash on your headstone. You know what that is? It's more than just a listing of places you worked for and the places listed on your resume. It's where you were with God. Where is that meantime? What is that place? Because a lot of people want to turn the meantime into me time. I was born with God's call. Now it's me time. Now it's me time. And then whenever I feel it's appropriate to insert God in my life, then I will do so. Can I tell you something? Nobody knows when they'll breathe their last breath. Don't think for a moment you got that all figured out. Because there's not a person in this room that does. So we have to be very alert and very careful. Because who I'm aligned with, will also determine how I am aligned. Now, when, you, when I say who am I aligned with, what am I talking about? Well, the way we grow in our faith is that we walk in our calling largely with the people around us, the people that are in our, our circle of influence. And the way that we progress in our walk with God is that, is that we have people in our lives that reinstitute the things of God in our lives. They push us. They make us better. For instance, Ruth got her Boaz because she stayed with Naomi. The disciples walked in their destiny because they stayed with Jesus. Elisha received a double portion because he refused to leave Elijah's side. Saul of Tarsus. Became Paul the Apostle because he stayed in relationship with Barnabas and other key figures in his life. Listen, who you're aligned with will also determine how you walk with God. If you think in 2023, if I could just hang out with the same people I hung out in 2022 and receive God's blessings, you might be mistaken. There might be some things you have to alter in 2023.
1: It's getting real quiet.
0: Because if you hang out with the same people and do the same things you did in 2022, guess what's going to happen? 2022. God is asking you to elevate your faith today. Why? Because passion, skills, Talents, they'll give you the tools to live out your calling, but relationships will keep your destiny in track. You with me? Let me say it like this. Your alignments determine your assignments.
1: Your your alignments
0: determine your assignments. See, Saul didn't align himself with the Lord and the prophet Samuel. Saul went AWOL. Saw when AWOL. He decided that his his people were leaving him and he was being forsaken. And so he said, "Uh, uh, quick, get me the offering. And I like how one version says, I forced myself. No, 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 no. He he needed that assertion of pride to to kind of feel better about himself. You know what he did? He said, I'll handle this. I've seen it done a hundred times before. How many times did we say, God, I've seen this a hundred times before. I got this, God. And Saul moved himself from king to priest. And Samuel said, what have you done?
1: He removed
0: his calling. Stay in your lane. Stay in the lane that God has called you to stand. Do not operate in fear, pride, Or weakness operate in faith. Somebody say amen. So there's a couple things I want to share with you now when I'm talking about focusing on your calling. When I'm talking about in the meantime. You know what happens in the meantime? God prepares the the you for the it. In the meantime, God prepares the character for the call. In the meantime, God prepares the person for the purpose. And those are the things that happens
1: in the meantime. Yes?
0: Because there's not a single person in this room that's not called to do something great for God. Or you wouldn't be here. You say, well, Pastor Tony, I kind of passed my prime. No, no, no. You're saying that because you're looking in the flesh. God is seeing in the spirit. And he sees a bigger you than you could ever see of yourself. So watch this. Number one, your calling requires wisdom, not fear. Come on, if you're writing notes, write this down. Your calling requires wisdom, not fear. Samuel said to Saul these words, you behaved foolishly in verse 13. You know why? Because when you activate your call in God, you cannot activate in foolishness or fear. You have to act in wisdom. Why? Because every decision we make for our calling is uncovered in wisdom. It's wise acts and wise mindsets that allows us to see what we could never see in the flesh. How many know that you can see in the spirit a lot more things than you can see in the flesh? Right? Why? Because wisdom is revealed to you. In those moments. So watch this. When you accept and follow Jesus, God has already entrusted the Holy Spirit in you to unlock those things. That's like a janitor walking around the building with his keys. The Holy Spirit has an assortment of keys to unlock gifts in your life. See, if I walk around with a janitor of a, of a, a building, a very large corporation, if I walk around with the janitor, listen, I have access to places I would have never had on my own. Why? Because I've aligned myself with him. And I don't know about you, but I need to align myself in 2023 with more people that operate in the things I want to operate in. I got I to gotta put myself in positions where I'm hearing People talk that are feeding my spirit, my soul, and not just telling me in my flesh, I'm doing good right where I am. I don't need somebody to pamper me. I need somebody to push me. You with me? And there's not a single person in this room that just needs people to pamper you. That's how people get comfortable, and that's how souls die and go to hell. That's not God's honest truth. That's how come there's a lot of churches not even talking about hell because they want everybody to feel good. Guess what? When you go to hell, that's not feeling good. Call me crazy, but I read the book. I found out some details and it stinks. Like on another level.
1: See, that's how I, a lot of people felt that way.
0: Right? Saul had a directive, watch this, Saul had a directive to move fluently as king. Be king, right? Be king and wait. Samuel said, wait seven days. He waited seven days and he's like, okay, seven days happened. Let's go, bring me the offering. I'll take care of it. And after, of course, when it was all done, he had just
1: got done with it. Then Samuel comes.
0: What if he had just waited? His kingdom would be set for all days. He would be remembered very differently, wouldn't he? Because it was at this moment that the obedient young one named David was now being told and brought into the picture. They didn't name him by name. They didn't name him by name yet. But he said God has raised up another because you can't keep your calling in the lane. God has called you to do something. What is it? Stop pushing it off. Stop waiting for somebody else to confirm it. If you know God has called you, operate and walk in it. Amen? Wisdom is seeing things God's way. Saul wanted to see things his way. But in the meantime, God is helping him to try to understand some things. He didn't want the meantime. He wanted the time. It's my time. I'll take care of the offering. And God says, no. That's Samuel. Well, because you couldn't wait for Samuel, this is what's going to happen. See, Saul used fleshly emotion by panicking to bring a spiritual offering to God. He used fleshly emotion to dictate what he was going to bring to God. God didn't need Saul to be Samuel. He already had a Samuel. And he had a Saul. Samuel wasn't supposed to be Saul, and Saul wasn't supposed to be Samuel. Why? Because you don't need to replace what God has not misplaced. You don't have to miss, you don't have to try to replace what God never misplaced. He didn't put two of the wrong people in. He knew he had a Saul, he knew he had a Samuel. God never misplaced him. But Saul decided to take upon himself in the meantime instead of. In the meantime, greatness is placed inside of you, but you have to operate in the gifts that God has put those gifts inside of you for. Number two, your calling requires patience, not pride. Come on, somebody say patience over pride. He waited, verse eight, but then in verse
1: nine, quickly he said, bring it to me.
0: this passage is very strongly showing us how we will be tested to wait. There's not a single one of us that God has not tested us to wait in the meantime. Now, let me explain to you. This point is probably of the three, one of the most powerful portions of this text because this passage is is telling us that who you are becoming while you're waiting is more important than what you're
1: waiting for. Some of you need to hear this.
0: Learn it. Quote it. Digest it. Chew it up for the week. Because who you're becoming while you are waiting is often more important than what you're waiting for. Listen, God already had victory. Look at, you say, I don't know if that's true. Follow this. God already had given them the victory if they had followed the steps accordingly. God always gives you the victory when you stay with him and he says, if I got you, I got you. Listen, they had the victory, but here's where the problem lied. In the waiting, in the meantime, who you're becoming in the meantime is more important than the, than the end destination. Why? Because the, the wind was already there. But the preparation to become the man to receive that has yet to be seen. Some of you have not received victory in your life because in the meantime, you keep operating in the flesh, doing what you want to do. You're asking God to make you a man of God. Women, you're asking God to make you a woman of God. And you're asking these things. But in the meantime, you. Come on somebody, you're playing video games, you're doing TikToks, come on somebody, you're filling your life with certain things that are not growing you. Now listen, you do your TikToks, you do your video games, and whatever you feel like you want to do on your downtime, that's not what I'm attacking. What I'm attacking is the mindset that if I just do what I've always done, and somehow the grace of God will just cover all the rest. No, he covers where we fall short, not when we designed ourselves to fall short. When you start deciding, I'm just going to do this much. I'm going to limit it. God says, you do this much. That's how much blessing you'll get. Don't expect the whole thing when you're operating in yourself. When you're operating in the, come on somebody, me time. That is the flesh. Who's getting something out of this so far? You see, the character will carry you to your destination. And that's what God is working on. In the meantime, in the meantime, you know what in the meantime was for Saul? Those seven days. What did God say to Saul in those seven days that he missed? And that's on that seventh day that decided that when he decided that he would take the offering himself. What happened? What did he miss? Have you ever asked yourself, what is it that I missed? in my life that brought me to where I am today. And you ever felt like that? You ever felt like, what did I miss in my life that caused me to feel the way I feel, do the things I do, act the way I act, respond the way I respond? What happened? Who who hurt you so badly that caused you to react the way you react? Because somewhere along the line, something happened And you have to identify what that is. You see, God shows you those things in the meantime. But if you don't take that meantime to ask God to show you and uncover, you'll end up at your destination unprepared. And you know what you end up doing? Hiding in the luggage like Saul did. You know what you end up doing? Throwing a spear at your son Jonathan like Saul did. Because he couldn't identify where David was. Because he has such a bitter spirit about David. Because David was called and I'm no longer called. Now I'm going to kill this man because he got in the way. No, your flesh got in the way. Because you didn't let God operate in the meantime. You got in the way of you. But See, the flesh don't see that. The flesh sees what it wants to see, and it says, you took my throne. You took this from me. You hurt me. And God is saying, nobody did that but you. You handled the offering when you were supposed to. You did things you weren't supposed to do. And God says, this is character moments. This is character fashioning uh, at its finest. God gave a clear command, wait, and he didn't. What happened in the meantime? What happened there? Would you agree with me today that probably somewhere along those seven days God was probably preparing him for that that last day? Because when, when that offering was to take place then they were supposed to go out and they were supposed to go into war. But his patience and the lack thereof was in full display when everybody started running from him as he called it. No, not running from Israel not running from the call God put on that, that, those people's lives. Look at me. They were running from him. He took it personal. How many things have you taken personal when God says it's not about you? How many things that you get offended about? We're living in a very offended culture. It drives me crazy.
1: From pronouns.
0: People take these things and they create these ideas and then if you don't fall in line, they get angry at you. Everybody's offended about everything. Can I tell you something? I care about what God is offended about. And that's my priority. You know what he's, you know what he's offended about? When kings handle the offering when they're not supposed to. Because that's a character flaw. You're moving outside of your calling. Some of us in this room are moving outside of our calling because we're scared of operating in it because God will hold us accountable. So we do somebody else's work because we can see that from the outside in and then forsake our own calling. Look at me. Everyone in this room has a calling on their lives. And my job as your pastor is to walk you through that and help you see that. because. There's a place between promise and fulfillment, and that place is called in the meantime. And you know what? On Sunday mornings when you come in here, my prayer is that your meantime is begin to be focused and honed in on. Right? Last week, I talked about how there's a difference between a lamp and a laser. A lamp will shine around the room where a laser is focused. Come on, let's get our laser focused on our calling. And let's stop brawning the lamp so that everybody else can see it. Listen, now I'm not talking about light of the world. That's a, different, that's a whole different thing. I'm talking about honing in on your calling. If you do something and you do it well, guess what? There's a gifting in there somewhere. Some people are so concerned about where they're going in their journey that they forget that the building process is just as important as the destination in order to maintain that calling. So watch this. This place of transformation that Saul was in, he was unwilling to embrace. Let me say this: two things to find you. Your patience, I should say, two things define you: your patience when you have nothing, and your attitude when you have everything.
1: Two things define you: your patience when you have nothing, and your attitude when you have everything. We want the new wine to just
0: appear, but Jesus is calling us to fill the jars first. Do you remember that in the passage? When Jesus called, go fill those, wa- those jars of water. Guess what? Somebody had to fill the jars with water first. That was in the meantime. Did you, did you catch that? They filled the jars in the meantime so that when it was time to create the miracle, the jars were filled. They were ready, they were prepared. What if he said, fill those jars?
1: There were supposed to be jars over here. Where are those jars? Fred? Fred? Where are the jars we put over here? Poor Fred's like, "Hmm." How did I get in this illustration?
0: I don't know, but you're supposed to have these jars filled up over here. Why? Because in the meantime, before the miracle was to take place, somebody had to fill the jars. So we look at filling the jars as, oh, it's just mundane tasks. This is just me doing my devotions today. This is just me giving. This is just me serving, doing another thing that other people are doing. No, no, you know what you're doing? You're filling the jars. So when Jesus calls, the jars are ready. That's what
1: the calling is. In the meantime, God is preparing us for that miracle moment.
0: For that miracle. Somebody say, yeah. That's the moment. When when you're doing those things that you think nobody's watching. Guess what? It's good that nobody's watching. Because if nobody else rewards you, God will. If you wait for someone to
1: acknowledge you every time, God won't. Because you got your reward.
0: So, notice notice this for a moment. The things that, that man doesn't see, God does. And he records them. And he's a good recorder. And he's a good rewarder for
1: those that diligently seek after him.
0: Third thing is real simple. Your calling requires you to know your strengths. And your weaknesses or limitations. Yes? Your calling requires you to know where I end. Saul didn't know where his calling ended. He thought, I'm king, so I get to do whatever I want. No, not in God's kingdom. You don't. You have an assignment. Stay in your lane. Follow your assignment. Wait on God. Wait on God. Seven days. Wait on Samuel, seven days. Lord, it's been three days now. Lord, it's been four days now. Five, six days now, Lord. Lord, it's been seven days. I'm looking, Lord. I'm looking for Samuel. He said he was coming. Get You got that, Fred, you got that offering now. Hold on to it.
1: Give me those binoculars. Anybody see Samuel anywhere? Pastor Tony, did they have binoculars back then? Shh. You're ruining the illustration. Has anyone seen Samuel? No? Fred. I'm going to take care of it. I got this. I've seen this a hundred times. Give me the oil, the sofrito. <laughs> okay, <laughs> only a few of you get that term, but it's okay. He prepared the offering.
0: And you know what comes to my mind? is Saul out there and he's preparing and he's got a bloody knife. He just finished the offering. And then down the street, here comes in
1: his prophetic robe, Samuel's walking. And when he's walking, can you imagine, just for a moment, imagine yourself in the eyes of Samuel
0: as he walked. Toward Saul and his assignment. And he saw that Saul
1: jumped ahead. So if you're a teacher,
0: some of you know what this is like when the kids jump ahead and they don't know what they're doing. That's like that. And some of you have been the student that jumped ahead. Teacher says, stop here and don't go any further. And you decide you want to be a smart aleck and finish it so you have to do it later. And then you did it all wrong. Or you try to build a shelf and you didn't pay attention to the instructions after part three. And you need to take apart the shelf. Either way, it's worse than that. Because down the road comes Samuel looking and he sees Saul with a bloody knife. I don't know what that looked like. You know, I really don't know what the scenery, it doesn't paint the picture, but I'm just seeing it. I'm imagining how Samuel said to himself, oh, my goodness. He did it
1: himself. Judgment. That's what happened.
0: That's what he did, right? Isn't that what he told Saul? Because of what you did, now your kingdom will not reign
1: forever. Self-proclaimed victims don't walk in God-ordained victories. Self-proclaimed victims don't walk in God-ordained victories.
0: You were late, Samuel. What was I supposed to do? God was supposed to be with us. I saw that they were running from me. They were hiding. What else am I supposed to do? How many of us have said things like that to God? What else am I supposed to do, God? You took it in your own hands. You did something
1: dishonest. Whatever that looks like. God says, do it my way. And everything will work out. But the time is different on his end than it is on yours. Can I tell you something right now? He considered himself the victim here.
0: Not the victor. He tried to say, he tried to work and wiggle his way out of it. I wanted God's blessing. But you can't get God's blessing your own way. You got to get God's blessing. Look at me. God's way. You with me?
1: So in the meantime, get me the offering. I'll take care of it. In the meantime. And God is saying no. You went
0: too far. Friend, look at me. Every eyeball across this room from the youngest to the oldest. Look at me and look at me for a moment. I need you to understand something. God is looking for people that are willing to wait for his hand to be upon their lives. He's preparing you. And that meantime is not him forsaking you.
1: It's him preparing you. I know.
0: Look at me. I know it hurts. I know it's tiresome. My wife and I were walking in. Uh, We were walking at Dick's department store yesterday and uh, we were walking through uh, and we were walking toward the back to go look at something. And uh, my wife looks at me, she goes, I wish I really liked to work out. And I said, me too, Leisha, me too. I wish I liked to work out. But I said, to be honest with you, Leisha, I don't think most people don't like to work out. But you know what they like? the results.
1: So the focus cannot be the grind. The focus has to be the reward. Or else you wouldn't want to do it. When you look
0: at your Christian walk, don't look at the grind. Look at the reward. It's not about the grind. The grind is the work. The grind is filling up the jars. The grind is doing the things that God has called us to do so that when he calls us and he is going to, we're ready. Amen? Media team, help me out. I'm going I'm to pray over you for a moment. Can I do that? Can I ask you right where you are? I want to pray a prayer that will allow you to operate in God in the meantime, in the preparation moments. So, just bow your heads for a moment. I'm gonna pray over you. Every single one of you, focus on the prayer I'm about to pray for you. Because what I believe is that God is gonna take this moment that I'm praying over you to help show you that He is not forsaking you in the meantime, but instead, He is preparing you for a great purpose and an amazing destiny as a kingdom person. Father, these are your people, the sheep of your pasture. I'm asking you right now for everyone that's in the meantime, right now, in that moment of preparation for the next season of their lives. I pray that they would first be focused, laser focused on your will and on your word. I pray that they would not find themselves weakened by the meantime, but empowered to do the will of the Father who sent them. Father, I pray in Jesus' name for every marriage and every every bit of finances and every person looking for a job or a car or 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 is looking for the right place to live. I pray for those individuals looking uh, to, to, to do something with their lives and They don't have an answer as to what that looks like. Father, I pray they would take their eyes off the grind and keep their focus on you. Lord, we have to fill the jars so that when you want to create a miracle, we're ready. So help us daily to fulfill the call you've called us to. Help us not to be like Saul and handle the things we're not supposed to handle, touch the things we're not supposed to touch, But instead, instead, to walk as kingdom people, carrying your purpose in our lives and saying, that's not my line. That's not my job. I will wait till you say go. I will go till you say wait. Holy Spirit, you're welcome to work on us in the meantime. Come on, all across this room, just lift up your hands or maybe put them at your sides or just open up your hands right now and say, God, work with me in the meantime. Work with me in the meantime. Father, I thank you for all the activities we do as a church. We don't do them just to fill a calendar. We do them so that in the meantime, we are preparing us and growing us in community. From life groups to conferences. All these things are building us up in the meantime. So I pray God. That the meantime would be about preparation. Not about us. We submit ourselves to the Lord God Almighty today. And we we say we love you Jesus. With all our heart, soul, mind and strength. We pray these things in Jesus' name. I pray the calling of God be very real in every life in this room. And every person at the sound of my voice right now, Lord, I pray you whisper to them what they're to do with their lives. Father, from the high school student, the junior, the senior right now, who's thinking about what they're supposed to do with the rest of their lives. From the, uh, the, the high school graduate that's now in between high school and college, they haven't enrolled yet, but they're looking for their calling. Lord God, I, I pray that they don't just find the career that they pay for, but a calling that they're made for. Holy Spirit, speak to the young adults in this room and the ones that can hear my voice right now the ones that are looking for a spouse or someone to spend the rest of their life with or what college to apply to. God, I'm asking you that in the meantime, you would prepare them for the calling that you call them to. Father, for those older saints that have either raised their kids or have kids that are of age to make their own decisions, Lord, I pray now, whatever season that they're in, shape them and prepare them for this next season. Show them that they are far from done and that you have not forsaken them. That in every single prayer you're there. And you will walk with them and you will talk with them. Open up their hearts, their eyes, their ears to the perfect will and word of God. And we thank you for every saint in the house that said yes to Jesus. And for those that have not said yes to Jesus, God, draw them to yourself, Lord that they may say yes. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.